Hi, this is the Waco Suck, and this is Wendy Gragg. I'm Austin Meek. And I'm Julia Meek. And we are here today. We are we are guestless. We're just going to talk amongst ourselves um, about dreams. It seems like the right time of year to um, look forward and think what you want to do with your life and do with yourself. And um, so that seemed like an apropos topic. And uh, one thing that I was thinking about is the difference between dreams and goals. I saw something on the internet the other day, someone saying their dream was to make more time for themselves this year. And I thought that's not really a dream. Um, I think of a dream as something with soft edges that floats and you may not have a map to, but that you hold a vision of it. Um, But what do you guys, what do you consider a dream? Well, on January 17th, I will be taking my Jeopardy test, (gasps) which I'm super excited about. So I've taken it a couple times, and in college, I took it as a college student because they have a separate test for collegiates. And when I was in college, I got to the second round. Like, I had a little interview with them, but I didn't get anything past that. And then I've taken one adult test, and I didn't get a callback or an interview or anything like that. So I'm taking the test on the 17th. I have been reading lots of Wikipedia pages and staying up on my current events with my New York Times Daily Mailer. And, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking this is my year. And so that seems – I feel like you – the two of you put me to shame because that seems so much like Julia's dream that she's chasing, which I am in love with your dream. So <laughs> tell us what it is. My dream is to be on Survivor. No, my dream is to win Survivor. <laughs> right, you don't don't just want to be Very on it. Very different. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, first dream is to get on it. And then my dream is going to change a little bit. But yeah, I've, won, I've watched Survivor since seventh grade, which is when it first came out. And I just fell in love with the idea. I mean, even now in my life, when something happens that I need to accomplish, I'll just imagine that I'm on Survivor and I'll get it done. Like, it's just my motivation for everything. What is it about Jeopardy and being on Jeopardy or being on Survivor that makes this a dream for you guys? Well, I love seeing the dollar signs on Jeopardy. Yeah, <laughs> okay. You just have to answer one question about King Louis the Fourteenth, and you get $1,200. So that's exciting. Yes. Of course, the fame and glory that's associated with being a Jeopardy contestant, particularly if you go on the Ken Jennings route and you string together a couple nice days. I feel like Jeopardy is about so much more than the money, though, because you could go on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and answer, like, which Christmas song doesn't have the word Christmas in it and win $200,000. Sure. Whereas on Jeopardy, like, it's if you win that much money, it means you're really smart. Yeah, well, I love I like Jeopardy because it is skin deep. Like you have to know a little bit about a ton of different topics, and that's something to my detriment that I've always just been like in Jack general. Jack of all trades. Yeah, I mean, of like none. I'm like pretty good at a lot of things, <laughs> but not exceptional at any one thing. And yeah, just being serviceable, I would say that's probably like my number one attribute. Like, I'm not going to tear you down. And I think that's something that Julia brings to the table as well in Survivor, particularly when it comes to the challenges, is that Julia is never going to be the girl on your team who sinks you. Like Julia can hold her own in everything. I've never seen Julia 
there are people who are better than things at Julia, but Julia is never the worst. And I think that's going to serve you really well when you get on Survivor. <laughs> that's, yeah. it, 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 that's not even it like a, as a compliment. That seems like I think. Great praise. It, it, with it's not praise. a backhanded compliment, though. It's more of just like an explanation of your life. And I think you and I are very similar in I'm that just sense. Stubborn. Like, yeah, like you not, get it done. Yeah, I will not stop till it's done. It started because I was in love with my brother when I was little, so I wanted him to think I was cool. That's another show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When are we going to do the incest show? Um, <laughs> Um, but so, like, I would do something that was so miserable because I knew he was going to think I was cool at the end of it. Oh, okay. And so I just, like, got this, like, really stubborn mentality. And now, like, once I hit puberty, it switched from him to Survivor. Wow. And at some point shifted to your husband? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want you to think I'm cool, too. I don't know. Sometimes I question. No, you already signed the paper. Yeah, I guess you're right. But you don't have to have him think you're cool because he likes you because you're not the worst. Because I'm not the worst. Yeah, I just don't have to be the worst. (laughs) Do you have any friends who are like you? I need someone who thinks I'm not the worst. Yeah, I mean, if you get on Survivor and you go through this whole rigmarole, you finally get on the show, do introductions, and then you get booted on the first day, just stay there. Like you don't don't come back, you know. Yeah. Stay on your deserted <laughs> island. I'm sure you can carve out a nice life for yourself, climbing coconut trees. I've started going back and watching old seasons of Survivor. Oh yeah. But all it's like ones that I don't even remember, but I'll like look up who the winner is and the order people got booted off and then I'll watch it knowing that information. And so you can see from day one why this person got like knocked oh. up early. Like they like took on the leader role too soon and or, like, they started, like, I don't know, trying to make drama too soon. It's really interesting watching it as a strategy. There was a guy on it who won. He was he wrote his dissertation at Harvard Law. Is that what it's called, a dissertation? Yeah. On the strategy of Survivor. Hmm. Have you yeah. read that? I haven't read it. I've seen snippets of it. But I would love to, like, print out the entire thing. Yeah. Like, See, that's what I never – I never was a Survivor watcher, but the, I think it's – like, I thought that the challenges were cool. And I am mm-hmm. very into survivalist and, like, homesteading and, like, mm-hmm. knowing skills and being oh, able yeah. to do things. But all of the alliances and that crap, I can't – It's a whole – I can't yeah. deal with that. That's To me, that's, like, high school. And, and it I, is. I left high school early because of it, so <laughs> – no. Yeah. Yeah, it's that game has evolved so much over the years because now it's so much a social game. Like you, a sixty-seven-year-old woman who has no muscles could win the game, just pure social, because <sighs> no one's going to vote her out. Like it, there's just so, now there's so many different aspects to it. When like the first few seasons, people just didn't really think about alliances and that like you want people to like you, or they'll vote you out, or you don't want to come across as a threat. There's this little sweet spot there that you want to stay in. So I feel like you guys, you both have these dreams and you are actively, you figured out the map to them and are actively pursuing them. And um, mine is not, mine's fuzzier. I want to, um, I want to write a book. I want to be the female, um, not Greek Orthodox, which I think is what he is, um, David Sedaris. Um, Yeah, so you want to do like memoir yeah, yeah. I love um I love um David Sedaris and um oh my gosh, now I'm completely blanking on the names of the other memoirists that I have read. Um Nora but, Ephron. 
Um, Nor- yeah, I like Nora Ephron, but um, uh, Rankin, I think it's David Rankin. Mary I Carr, did you read Mary so. Carr? I do, I love Mary Carr. Um, I, I love her. Um, who else? Uh, there is one who, there's, and I'm forgetting her name, but there's one who wrote a book. And it's called, I was told there'd be cake. Oh, yeah, Sloan. Sloan Crossley? Yeah. Yeah. I read that. And anyway, so I, I want to be the person, I want to write a book that when someone else reads it, they feel like, oh my God, I get them. Like when they're reading it, they're thinking, oh, she gets me. I can't believe someone else had that thought. And I want to make, with my words, make someone cry and laugh. Mm-hmm. At the and, same time. You know. Possibly. Um, but, I mean, David Sears has done that for me. And even when I was at the newspaper um, and writing feature stories, I loved the challenge of within a certain amount of space, using words perfectly, um, conveying different emotions to people and, and reaching them. And uh, anyway, mm-hmm. that's my dream. But you should start, right? Like just start writing a blog or something. I mean, I you already have a built-in audience. It seems super easy. And this is this has been the topic of many a session with, with my therapist. Because she says, why don't you just write? <laughs> That's what you do. Um, I, think, I think I haven't started on a book because I'm afraid to fail at it because I want mm-hmm. it so badly. And uh, also because I consider myself a writer. And if I, if I fail at writing a book, then that's like my biggest dream and if you fail at that yeah I mean are you guys worried about never being on I mean like will you be crushed if you're never on Survivor Jeopardy I'll definitely be disappointed just because I think that I can contribute something to the show but the fact of the matter is sometimes the universe is against you and you can do everything in your power to set up for your success but ultimately if a casting director chooses someone over Julia there's no way that Julia can affect that. Right. So there, there are, you know, fun, like there are things that you have to do for yourself. So, for instance, if I'm interested in writing a memoir, even if it's just pulling up a note section in my phone and writing down a funny sentence that I came up with, like being able to sit down on my computer later that night or next week or the next month or whatever and be able to go back and see that, that for me, because I was a creative writing major when I was in school. And that's always the kickstart is knowing there's one funny little idea. And then oftentimes when I was writing my papers, I would often do it in the computer lab at school. And I always look like an idiot, always close my eyes when I write. I close my eyes and I put my fingers on the ca- on the typewriter or not typewriter. What's it called? The keyboard. keyboard. And yeah, I just close my eyes and I just word vomit. You don't stop. I don't stop. I don't look at my punctuation. I don't look to see if it's spaced correctly. And I just go, 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 go until the thought stops and then I look mm-hmm. up. See, I can't do it because I never learned to type. Yes, I am a journalist who never learned to type. Do it right. So I have to watch. Yeah, <clears throat> I could write it out longhorn, but both of you guys are Facebook friends with me. The writing of the, you know, like that sentence or that thing that keep that you're like, oh, I mean, because let's face it, if you like to write, you have things in your head, then you're like, ha, oh, this is clever. Sure. This is funny. I'm going to share it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, I mean, it's Facebook, 
I'm, I, this is so lame. I can't believe I'm admitting it. It's Facebook that keeps my dream of writing a book alive because cool. mm-hmm. I write those little tiny things, and then pe- and my friends are like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that you said that." That's exactly Wendy, what you I can would go like back to say. and piece together different Facebook comments that you've made over the last five years, and that's a memoir. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think part of being scared of failing is just removing your identity from your dream. Like, I have applied to Survivor, I've put it all in there, and now I'm just going to live my life. Like, I'm going to forget about Mm -hmm. it. You know, like, my life is not about being on Survivor. That's a really awesome thing that's going to happen. that's a good point. And I'll be better at Survivor if it hasn't consumed the past six months of my head. You know, like, if I've had a whole life to live, I'm like, oh, now I'm going to a deserted island. Cool. Then, like, I'm better as a person. I'm a more developed person. Um, and I think same thing with writing. Like, if someone doesn't, like, like it, they don't like it. But they're going to like it more if it's if they don't feel the pressure from you of needing mm-hmm. them to like it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Well, and I maybe I would be more likely to write if I didn't put that pressure on myself that this is what is going to define me yeah. as a writer. Um, so I don't know. Um, do you guys have any other drinks? Yes, but I'm scared to say one of mine. I want to go back to your book there real quick because there's this thing that I've been doing called Morning Pages. Uh Uh-huh. And it's – who wrote this book? The Right to Write, Julia Cameron. I think I've heard of that. And she wrote The Artist's Way also. Okay. But she says to do this thing called Morning Pages, and it's two pages, like a front and a back, and you do it hand, like pen to paper, Mm -hmm. which I never do. Like I always type stuff. Um, but it takes longer, and you mm-hmm. you sit with your thoughts as you're writing. Right, yeah. Um, so I'll go sit up at Lover's Leap and just write whatever. And it, and it's literally whatever comes to your head. Like, this is really boring. My hand hurts. I hate writing with a pencil. <laughs> and then just eventually, like, it, your psyche is just going to start talking, you know? Yeah. I like that. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> so what's your dream that you didn't want to tell us? Well, so I did stand-up comedy in California for a couple of years. Right. And I I hit a point with it where I wanted – I just needed to look away from it. I mean, this is part of it being your identity where it literally was all I did. I would sleep, eat, and go do stand-up. And so it got to the point where I had nothing to write about. All I was writing about was these stand-up shows and the audiences and, like, what I <laughs> ate that day. And it was just so terrible. And so I realized I really needed a life to write about, which is why I married Austin and started an ice cream truck. And now, like, I feel like my life is so much richer and I'm wanting to write again. Mm-hmm. And so my dream is to do – I did a show in California about when I was mascot in high school, and I want to do that at the Hippodrome. Oh, that would be awesome. So I know I'm, there's some revamping. It has to do with Pokios because I was the mascot for Pokios to save up money in high school. And so if we get a Pokios storefront, I'll probably do it the opening night. That would be so cool. But yeah, so that's that's a dream I got tucked away. I love that. I love that so much. Mm-hmm. I would love to see you do stand-up. That would be cool. It's just so terrifying because, like, when I would do stand-up in the past – it was in California where all of my friends were stamp comedians or were somewhat in, like, the entertainment industry. Whereas now I just feel it's it's so much more vulnerable when everyone doesn't, like, understand what you're doing. You know what I yeah. mean? 
Um, but maybe it's better because we don't it understand. Is. It, I think it is. It's kind of like when you're with a bunch of artists, but you don't know art. And so you're like, yeah. that's so good. I have no idea if that's good. Yeah, like there's <laughs> pros and cons. Because for know? sure, I think that this the expectations will be lower. But it's also <laughs> like you're putting... Like, you're really putting yourself out there because and, no one else is doing but that. But just remember, you're never the worst. So that's... That's true. I, we'll see. She might cry. be the worst, though. Yeah. <laughs> if there's no one else to compare it to, you could feasibly be the best but, and the worst. So after I do that, I would like to start... Have you heard of The Moth? Yeah. Storytelling show? Yeah. So after I do that, I would really like to start something like that in Waco. I'm in. Because then people can kind of understand, like, what storytelling... Yeah. What I mean by a storytelling show. Um, and I think it would be so fun to, uh, like, as a community to yeah. tell stories. Or I love that so much because I believe everything. I mean, even in marketing that I do, everything is it. Even, even a social media post is that's micro storytelling. I mean, you're, yeah. you know, but so many people don't realize they have a story to tell. What about you, Austin? Do you have another? Um, so actually, similarly in the vein. So when slash if we start a Pokio's storefront. We want to have this big party opening night. Um, Julia will tell her story, which is involved with Pokios. And then I have a story involving Pokios that I would want to tell as well. So I had a daughter when I was in high school and hadn't had very little communication with her until this October, which was her ninth birthday, when Julia and I brought the truck to her birthday party. And just to sort of craft a story around that day, which was like a totally insane day for me. I wouldn't have been able to do it had I not been married to Julia. And just realizing where I am now in my life with Julia in it, owning an ice cream truck, living in Waco, Texas, versus where I was when I was a 16-year-old and getting my girlfriend pregnant. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, that would be a um, – I, th I think it would be a, a fun little – not necessarily a juxtaposition to Julia's story, but talking about Pokios and our personal journeys from different perspectives and then funneling that into how much we love Waco and love being here and our appreciation for the city and our hope that everyone comes and buys cookies and ice cream from us for years and years and years to come. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping to do right now. So first things first is finding where our Pokio store is going to be. Right. Uh, which we are in the process of and hopefully coming close to a conclusion of. Um, but then once that happens, then it's just a function of getting all written and planned and then press and go. But, yeah, this – my dream is this – it's – I envision the Hippodrome because it's such a wonderful facility. Mm -hmm. But it could be a litany of places. Um, but, yeah, just this big event at the Hippodrome – People buy a ticket for 10 bucks that gets you admission and you get an ice cream sandwich afterward. And there are live acts. So there will be like music and then I'll tell my story, music, Julia tells her story, and then we'll end it with everyone holding hands and singing Kumbaya or something like that. Well, you say that joking, Kumbaya, joking, but um, I was going to say that what both of you are talking about – um, you know, you've started these videos with ice cream understands and, mm -hmm. you know, people are like, I don't like this and I don't like that. And then there's the poking you know, ice cream understands. Yeah, can, but, true. but seriously, I really think that you can go with that. The ice cream understands and you're both telling these stories and now you have this ice cream truck and it's feel good. And God, there's nothing not happy about ice cream. Mm -hmm. And like, no, sure. 
lactose intolerant that might not be happy. I don't know. But um, but really, I think that goes with the, what you started. I love yeah. that idea. I think that's That great. would be really fun if that was like maybe that's the name of the storytelling show eventually. And so people basically <laughs> just like tell like It's just conf- yeah, so the the storytelling session is always someone up on stage telling their story and then the ice cream sandwich is right next to them. <laughs> yeah. Just listening. And then, a give beer. It, and then you get a hug. Yeah, then you get a big <laughs> hug after you tell your story. Yeah, those those videos. That's I think that it's I think be like that a massive AA meeting, but with <laughs> but you gotta the the ice cream sandwich has to like never have a bad day. Otherwise, you're up there telling yeah. this intimate story, and you've got ice cream a big ice cream sandwich like throwing you shade, like totally giving you side yeah. eye next to you. Yeah, you're we like, were... oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Julia and I went to a sushi place in Austin when I was living there called DK Sushi. And when they do karaoke on Thursday nights, after you perform your song, you get a sake bomb. And everyone in the bar says, one, two, three, sake, and then you have to shoot it. And it's fun because everybody's involved. You know, everyone likes these big community things. But, yeah, so if the storytelling were put on by Pokios, then you could get a free ice cream sandwich after you tell your story. And the ice cream, Pokey gives you a big hug. And, uh Yeah. I think that's a really, really cute idea. Yeah, I think that this, I think this whole idea, I think this whole brainstorming thing just happened here. The dreams become a reality. Everyone needs to listen to this episode so they can hear all these future awesome ideas. (laughs) And now we have to do them. (laughs) Yeah, it's always good to have some accountability. Just throw it out there into the ether and watch it come back to you. Um, So, do you have any other dreams? Um. I well okay so I guess it goes back to my definition of a dream. Um, so my my dream definitely is uh, to write a book, and I don't know that I'll ever do that. Like I said, it's the thing with soft edges that's also a little bit. Scary. Does it have to be a book? Like, would you want to have a famous blog? I would like to actually go straight to um, an audiobook because I all of David Sedaris's books I have actually listened to and abridged. Yeah, read by him. And to me, that's what, you know, like when I write, even when I had a blog on the, in the newspaper um, or on the newspaper website, uh, people said, when I read what you write, I can hear your voice. Mm-hmm. It's you, you know, reading yeah. it. And that's that matters, you know. And it's the same way with David Sedaris, you know. Now when when I do read something he's written, I, I hear him doing it. Right. And um, so I would love to go straight to that, uh, straight to audio. But um, but that's my main thing. But then aside from that, I do really, really want to walk some part of um, uh, El, uh, El Camino de Santiago de Compostela in Spain. Um, it's the pilgrimage that went to the... Um, relics of um, St. James. Uh, after he died, his, I guess some parts were taken to uh, Santiago de Compostela. And um, it's something I've wanted to do for years. And actually yesterday I went, um, uh, Elizabeth and Stuart Smith have walked it twice, two different routes, and they're going to go again next fall. And I, I went over yesterday and talked to Elizabeth about um options and just got information from her and I'm thinking it might be something I try to plan for 2017 um I'm I have a tough time planning that far ahead even though that's just 
Yeah. That's not that far ahead, but to me, I'm like, who knows if I'll yeah. be alive in 2017? That's what sucks I don't about plane tickets. far ahead. Well, plane tickets, but I'm like, well, I could start, you know, working on backpacking and getting training and stuff, but I'm like, who knows if I'll even, I don't know. But, um, so that's dream-ish. That's dream Do you have to plan it that far in advance? No. And there's actually, I think a group of my friends are going this spring. Um, They are walking farther than I think I want to walk. I think they're going to go like 300 miles. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't want to go that amount. We should start a mini one. We should walk to Austin. Yeah. (laughs) We should totally. (laughs) Yeah. We should totally do that. How long would that take? It's 90 miles. I think walking to Austin would take at least like, what like speed three do days. Walk? Well, if you like, it would be okay to say like fifteen miles a day would be like that would be okay. I mean, some mm-hmm. people can do more than that. I don't think I could do more than that though. I think you could do fifteen to twenty miles a day. Yeah, but even that you have to build up to. So it's going to be more right. like regularly. Like Elizabeth said, what you need to do is go to Cameron Park and walk 12 miles and get up the next day and walk another 12 miles and then get up the next day because right. that's what that's what you do. So when you walk 12 miles, what? how fast are you going? A mile an hour? Or like how fast is that? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, you're not like speed walking. Right, you're just you're, walking. You're just walking. I think it's yeah. probably two or three miles an hour. Is probably normal walking normal. speed. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Google it. Two and a half to three, right? Um, so that's something. And then mm-hmm. I have things that are more like I want to get better. These are the things that aren't dreams that are like goals. that. Yeah, more like goals. Mm-hmm. And so I have, um, I I'm progressing a lot in my yoga, and I want to get better at that. And mm-hmm. I don't know. But that's not those yeah. are dreams. Well, their goals make up the dreams. So for instance, one of my goals is to get in shape, which would help me win Survivor. One of my goals is to start writing more in the morning, which would help me for, our, for my show yeah. later. You know, like, there's, there's, I feel like tangible goals are needed to make dreams happen. Yeah, that's true. So what's a goal that you can make for writing a book? Um, writing? I mean, just... You should start doing the morning pages. Yeah, doing something like that. hmm um, or just, uh, have you read Anne Lamott's Bird by Bird? No, but I want to start reading her stuff. I've heard she's good. Oh God, she's so good. Oh, she's so good. But Bird by Bird is so good and it's all about writing. Well, it's about other stuff, but it's largely about writing. And, um, and it's, you know, you just got to do it bird by bird. That's there. There's a story behind that in the book, but you just write, mm-hmm. you just write. Yeah, and, and write with being okay that no one's going to read it. Because I yeah, think that's yeah. what's so scary about starting to write something is you're like, this isn't funny. This isn't good. It's like it's not supposed to be good at first. That's what happens three edits down the road. Yeah, that's first, a good point. First draft is just to get every thought out uncensored. Mm-hmm. Don't censor. Yeah, it's round. always easier to edit crap than it is to edit nothing. Yeah. Uh, right. Just like having something on the page yeah. is so helpful, even if it's only psychologically helpful. Yeah. Just knowing, oh, I've already done something. And even if it's just changing where this semicolon is, just the practice of improving mm-hmm. what you've already done is really important. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's a goal that I should have. I guess for 2016, I could make that goal. Mm-hmm. I tend to make goals for things I like to do, though. I'm like, goal, I want to do hot yoga four yeah. times a week. <laughs> well, I really like doing hot yoga, so that's not a problem. Yeah. It's not that I don't like writing. It's just that I'm afraid. Sure. Well, it's also difficult when that is your job, too. Yeah. Because... I mean, it's sometimes you're just not in the mood because you have spent so much time doing it. But it really does go back to what Julia was saying about the identity. Yeah. I mean, if you don't identify yourself as a novelist, it shouldn't matter that you wrote a stinky novel. No one cares. And what do you want to be identified as? I mean, that's right. the question that we all need to ask ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to be identified as a Jeopardy champion. I mean, maybe <laughs> that would one be day cool. I will. But yeah, I mean, like, I don't want to put all my eggs in that one basket. Right. Mm-hmm. And the more narrow your focus becomes of what your identity is, then the fewer options you're really giving yourself to succeed. And you're more dynamic. It's like in baseball when the pitcher looks away right before he throws the ball to get perspective. It's like if you're just staring at that, you can't. You don't get the full picture. Is that a thing that's done? I don't follow baseball. I don't think everyone does it. I love that you're using a a sports analogy. I love this is my favorite sports analogy. I I don't even know if it's true, but I like it. You're not you're not using that to gain perspective. Well, I don't know why he does it. (laughs) The only reason why the pitcher would look over would explanation. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, no, you're right. That's definitely definitely what. Okay, look, I don't know why the pitcher looks away. I know he does, and so I've built my life around the story (laughs) of why he does that. Okay, I'm not going to touch that. Then I'm going to let you let you ride with that. Just let me keep my. Oh my goodness! Wow. (laughs) What other sports analogies can you make, Julia? (laughs) Like. Allying oop. <laughs> I don't know. Is that even what it's Allying called? the oop? <laughs> wow. I don't even know what sport we're talking about now. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> we're, not we're not talking about anything right now. Well, do you like, guys... Oh, sorry. You got to hold on to things loosely because if you're too tight, you won't make the ball in the basket. And so you got you to gotta just like release it, let your body be free. Like, the words that you're saying I agree with, but the examples that you're using are horrible. Just, It's not the same. But anyways, the point of why I was saying all of that is that it's good to look away to get perspective. Totally. Because you yeah. can get too wrapped up in it and be a less dynamic person, which is where I found myself going when I was consumed with stand-up. I just became a really one-dimensional person. Right. Well, and it's funny, I like that you guys say that, and I think sometimes it's good to talk to other people um, to get some of that perspective. I know I went to a um, luncheon for a thing, and somebody said, we were talking about you the other day, and we were putting what someone does with who they are you know, like, oh, well, this person is a lawyer, this person is a teacher, and they called me a community organizer, and I was like, nope, but I like that you think that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, anyway. Yeah, I would call you a community organizer. That, like, that would be one way I would have described you. So you don't shy away from that term? You just don't think it's accurate? When I think of community organizers, I tend to think of people who um, rally, like, really strongly for like political things and stuff and i mean i mean i uh, yeah i'm not uh, thinking of it that way i'm thinking of it just like you're 
more literally organized. Yeah. 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 Community builder. I definitely think I identify with. Well, I think specifically you're a community informant. (laughs) It's like being a criminal informer or whatever. My CI, you know, I watch the cop shows and they're like my, you know. Criminal informant. Yeah. Yeah. We don't. I've never seen a cop show ever. Oh, Oh, I love cop. You've seen The Wire. Oh yeah, I've seen The Wire. I guess that's a cop show. That counts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, anything else about dreams before we cut it off? It's my dream to do more Waco suck episodes. Awesome. That's a goal. Oh yeah, I guess you're right. It's my dream for the Waco suck to become the greatest podcast in the world. In Waco. Yeah, our our world is limited to Waco for the sake of this podcast. So, people, tell us your dreams. Yeah, yeah. Send our dreams to the Facebook page, the Waco Suck. Do we have a Facebook page? We totally do. Cool. So, when we post this, they can leave comments on it, right? They totally can. Okay, if you're on the Facebook page, leave a comment with your dream. Yeah, that sounds good. We have shared ours. Yay! Now. Show us yours. Go forth and dream. Let let Wendy organize the community this way. Yay. All right, Waco. Well, we love you. Thanks for another wonderful week, and we're excited for 2016. All right. Bye, Waco. Bye, Bye, Waco.